the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back as we head into Hour 3 this Thursday, June 16th, 2022. I am Seth Liebson. The Arizona Republic reports as follows this morning, quote, Republicans in Arizona are following the lead of lawmakers in Florida and Texas by opening a new front in America's culture war, proposing laws to ban children from attending drag shows. GOP leaders in the Arizona legislature sent out a hotly worded press release Tuesday announcing work on such a bill. They criticized drag shows in which people perform, sing or dance on stage, most often wearing extravagant makeup and dressed in flamboyant clothing of the opposite gender as a dangerous perversion for children. Close quote. Notice Republicans are opening the new front in the culture war by taking on indecent or pornographic burlesque shows for children. I guess it's not a war if nobody comes, but was it Republicans, really, who opened the front? Or is it Republicans, some of them anyway, who are guilty of starting war by trying to stop the assault? I mean, do police make situations worse by showing up to bank robberies? And is it the police who are to blame for bank robberies because they show up trying to arrest, stop, or prevent them? When sexual burlesques for children are taking place, it is deemed as normal or the new normal until the Neanderthals show up, I guess. And what are they showing up with? Oh, just reams of social science research showing that age-inappropriate sexualization of children and displays of pornography pornography to children has long-term and damaging consequences because serious societies know how to distinguish between children and adults. You know they do. You hear it from the left and some on the right every day when it comes to age and gun possessions or purchases. There's another element to this as well, and it's the notion of freedom and freedom of expression. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose, Professor Chris Christofferson taught. But that is itself a burlesque of freedom or a profanation of it, where everything is tolerated and nothing is forbidden. And you get anarchy and nihilism. Not freedom. You have the Wolf's Dictionary. What am I talking about? Consider Abraham Lincoln a year before his death, speaking in Baltimore, quote, The world has never had a good definition of the word liberty, and the American people just now are much in want of one. We all declare for liberty, but in using the same word, we do not all mean the same thing. With some, the word liberty may mean for each man to do as he pleases with himself and the product of his labor. While with others, the same word may mean for some men to do as they please please with other men and the product of other men's labor. Here are two not only different but incompatible things called by the same name, liberty. And it follows that each of the things is, by the respective parties, called by two different and incompatible names, liberty and tyranny. Consider, the shepherd drives the wolf from the sheep's throat, for which the sheep thanks the shepherd as a liberator, while the wolf denounces him for the same act as the destroyer of liberty, especially as the sheep was a black one. 
Plainly, the sheep and the wolf are not agreed upon a definition of the word liberty. And precisely the same difference prevails today among us human creatures, even in the North, and all professing to love liberty. Hence, we behold the processes by which thousands are daily passing from under the yoke of bondage, hailed by some as the advance of liberty, and bewailed by others as the destruction of it. Close quote. Whose freedom is something to consider here, folks? John Wilkes Booth thought he was acting out his freedom to do something, just as Abraham Lincoln thought he waged a war for a different understanding of freedom. Booth was using the wolf's dictionary, Lincoln, the sheep's. And today, we can no longer distinguish between a wolf and a sheep, or at least the Arizona Republic cannot. Freedom of expression. It's a phrase that drives me nuts. Like separation of church and state, it's nowhere to be found in the Constitution or the Federalist Papers or the Declaration of Independence or any of the founding documents and debates. To ban pornography, indecency, sexually themed shows for children or any of the like should pose absolutely zero freedom of speech or assembly concerns. Unless you start making a menace of the word or a fetish of the word expression. Let us talk about freedom of expression for a moment. Professor Walter Burns reminded that according to the unabridged Oxford English Dictionary, expression originally meant the act of pressing or squeezing out to expel or get rid by force. In fact, of course, the First Amendment protects not freedom of expression, but freedom of speech. Congress shall make no law, it reads, abridging the freedom of speech. But it might be asked, what is expression if not one of the forms of speech? Indeed, to refer again to the dictionary, the word soon acquired the meaning familiar to us, the utterance of feelings. Besides, in our postmodernist world, speech and expression are easily confused and just as easily identified. Now, keep in mind, it's not as if the founders or Madison were casual or loose with the English language. To the contrary, they used words very deliberately. They did not use the word expression. They used the word speech. Think about why they had to use the word speech and also freedom of the press in the First Amendment if all they simply meant was expression. They obviously wouldn't have added press to speech if it could have all been under the umbrella of one thing called expression. To conflate speech and expression is moral relativism and a now odd feature of our First Amendment law. Distinctions, whether between the art of the tulip and the art of the backside of a man or between flag burning and sober political speech are not to be made because, so it is thought, they cannot be made except arbitrarily. Just as beauty is in the eye of the beholder, so truth is relative, a proposition that found its way into our law through the good offices of two of our most famous 20th century Supreme Court justices, Oliver Wendell Holmes and Hugo Black. If, said Holmes in 1925, quote, the beliefs expressed in proletarian dictatorship are destined to be accepted by the dominant forces of the community, the only meaning of free speech is that they should be given their chance and have their way, close quote. So, too, Hugo Black in 1961, quote, education and contrary argument may provide an adequate defense against communist and fascist speech. But if that remedy is not sufficient, the only meaning of free speech must be 
that the revolutionary ideas will be allowed to prevail, close quote. In other words, it is worse to punish the advocacy of Stalinism or Hitlerism than it is to be ruled by a Stalin or a Hitler. Now, let's go back to the drag queen shows designed for children. Freedom, expression, our opposition to it is war. And have you ever met, by the way, such an angry set of people demanding such freedom of expression? The reason self-expression is almost always angry is that it is self-assertion. According to Nietzsche, the founding father of self-expression and the man from whom all this derives, the self lacks innate definition. It requires identity or authenticity only by assertion against others. In Marxist terms, it's self-actualization. In neo-Marxist terms, it is the personal is political. In the third world, it is the justification for terrorism. Just read Jean-Paul Sartre's preface to the book by Franz Fanon, Wretched of the Earth. He says it right there. You are born as a new human being by taking the life of the human you deem to be your master. In this sense, the self is a neologism. We speak of selves where our fathers, or at least our founding fathers, spoke of souls. And the difference is decisive. The soul may be responsible for its being good or bad, Leo Strauss said, but it is not responsible for it being a soul. Rather, the soul is or was understood to be part of an order for which God was responsible. But in Nietzsche's words, God is dead, and with his death went the ordered universe of which the soul was a part. Nature's God, the God of the Declaration of Independence, is also dead, and with his death went the laws and rights of nature and common sense, because lacking definition, the self is governed by no moral laws and is incapable of having rights. This means that constitutionalism is also dead. But more importantly, the self exists in this void. It is merely will. It becomes what it is only by asserting in Nietzsche's formulation the will to power, and the strongest will must prevail. This should be frightening. Political institutions were not designed here to become the form for the triumph of the will. As Lincoln put it, we think right makes might, not that might makes right. Thus, the phrase, the triumph of the will, was first uttered by Adolf Hitler's minister of propaganda, Joseph Goebbels, and rendered memorable by Hitler's favorite filmmaker, Lenny Riefenstahl, in The Triumph of the Will. When it comes to self-expression, no one has yet been able to top Adolf Hitler. On the other hand, considering the condition of our legal and political thought, there is no guarantee that someone might not yet succeed in doing so. So the point of the First Amendment, like the whole of the Constitution, must ask, mustn't it? What is the point of free peoples and free government? As Harry Jaffa puts it, free government rests upon the consent or opinion of the governed. Law is an expression of opinion, and the opinion upon which the law rests is more fundamental than the law itself. For the men who founded our system of government were not moral or linguistic or political relativists. The people declaring a new society and imagining a new kind of childhood to build that society are political, moral, and linguistic relativists. Used to be we worried about infantilizing children. The real concern is removing them from their special garden of Eden of innocence, governed by the strictures of right and wrong, and giving them adulthood too early. 
and the adulthood they are given is rendered by adults with arrested development or children in adult bodies. None of this will go well, but we didn't seek or ask for this war. The war came. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you're looking for a really unique investment opportunity with a great return for investors, check out my friends at Y Refi. They're offering a great product. It's a fixed, no-load interest rate up to ten and a quarter percent for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Y Refi is in the business of helping people who are doing their best to dig out a debt the right way by actually doing the right thing and paying off their debts. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm. As I say, it's run by really great people. I know them. I know them well. And if you're interested, check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, and then R-E-F-Y. Investyrefi.com. Or you can give them a call at 855-316-3087. That's 855-316-3087. They're based here locally. Go visit them. You won't get a sales pitch. What you'll get is a really fascinating explanation for what they do, and it let it speak for itself. InvestYRefi.com. I didn't really want to um, get into this too terribly much because part of it, to me, seems just too silly and debasing. But silly and debasing seems to be the coin of our political realm right now, at least with one political party. I'm talking about Nancy Pelosi's appearance on something called a TV show called RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 7. RuPaul is, I guess, one of the famous, what, transgender actors and personalities. I guess she he has a Tate TV show. Uh, it's called the Drag Race All-Stars. I guess this is Series 7. Uh, the seventh series, and uh, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, who at once is overseeing hearings on an insurrection at a time when America's economy is worse than it was under Jimmy Carter, if I can quote to CNN yesterday, Harry Enten at CNN and Anderson Cooper at CNN, and when Americans are facing a epidemic of illegal drug use and deadly overdoses. Epidemic. It's an epidemic. While our border is being literally, not figuratively, literally nullified and erased. Those are just a handful of the problems we have right now. Ukraine invaded by Russia, seemingly one of the more important things since Nancy Pelosi has spoken so much about it, or did, since Russia went into Ukraine. But today she's, or yesterday, she's at RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars saying this. I was going to play you the audio. Here's the problem. It's a personal grievance. I know Bill joins me in it. Here's the problem. Everyone thinks they're a great editorialist and really funny. So they take clips and intersperse their own commentary throughout it so you can't just get the clip. Or they throw music on top of it that they think is even 
more enlightening. Just just give it to me, okay? Just 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 give it to me. I'm, I'm not that interested in your interstitial editorials. You want an editorial? Give it before and after. Don't break it up. We're trying to use this as news here and for other people to make commentary. Anyway, that meant nothing. Okay. Here's what Nancy Pelosi said at RuPaul's TV show. Quote, it's my honor to be here to say to all of you how proud we all are of you. Thank you for the joy and beauty you bring to the world. Your freedom of expression of yourselves in drag is what America is all about. I say that all the time to my friends in drag. Okay. Well, <laughs> if you want to know why I was going off on freedom of expression a few moments ago in my monologue, here you go. People who claim to know what the Constitution says invent words and splay them onto it. But I get it. The courts have embraced freedom of expression. Fine. But that's how you get to protect this kind of nonsense. I suppose it's her place to be proud, and she has the right to say that. And I suppose, too... If she thinks this is joy and beauty, that is for her to say as well. But to say that your freedom to do this is what America is all about makes me really have to question her. And then she says, I say that all the time to my friends in drag. How many friends in drag do you think she has? I'm going to guess maybe less than two. And why would you only say it to them? Anyway. All right. So when I talk about not having wanted to do it because it almost elevates the absurd and the silly to seriousness on a otherwise, you know, somewhat serious broadcast here. I do so because the Speaker of the House used to be a serious position. And used to be responsible for doing serious things and saying serious things. The idea that dressing in drag is what America is all about. And appearing on a TV show dedicated to that and promoting that in the midst of Americans having a really hard time finding baby formula and now tampons and paying for the gas to drive around to the stores to find other supplies in the midst of a high crime spike and a drug overdose crisis in this country, in the middle of a war in Europe that we are supposed to be concerned about and doing everything we can about, never mind the problems with the border. To be doing that, that's elevating the silly. And it's erasing any distinction between the critical in this society and the frivolous, which really is the task of the political science, to see things for what they truly are and not to invent them in your own imagination for the purposes of satisfying the smallest of constituencies because it, what, sticks a little bit of a knife into the side of conventional, hardworking, and otherwise really suffering and punished Americans. They want to know what's going to ha why what will happen in November will happen. They don't have to look very far. I just spent the past 5 minutes telling you what. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson show. Let me give you the illustration 
of the difference between a serious elected official who takes their job seriously and one who likes to yuck it up for the cameras. Rand Paul is serious. He's a serious doctor. He's a serious scientist. He's a serious political scientist. He does his homework, and he takes on the serious issues that actually affect people's lives. In a hearing today with Anthony Fauci on boosters for children, COVID booster shots for children, Rand Paul just went to town. And I want every parent who's considering doing things with their children along these lines to take this really seriously, as seriously as Rand Paul does. I would like to play for you, if I might, without interruption, Rand Paul and Anthony Fauci on boosters and children. The government recommends uh, everybody take a booster over age five. Are you aware of any studies that show reduction in hospitalization or death for children who take a booster? Right now, there's not enough data that has been accumulated, Senator Paul, to indicate that that's the case. The I believe that the recommendation that was made was based on the assumption that if you look at the morbidity and mortality of children within each of the age groups, you know, zero so, to five, five to 11. Right. So, so, that's, so there, there are no studies, and Americans should all know this, there are no studies on children showing a reduction in hospitalization or death with taking a booster. The only studies that were permitted, the only studies that were presented were antibody studies. So they say, if we give you a booster, you make antibodies. Now, a lot of scientists would question whether or not that's proof of efficacy of a vaccine. If I give you 10, or if I give a patient 10 mRNA vaccines and they make protein each time, or they make antibody each time, is that proof that we should give 10 boosters, Dr. Fauci? Uh, no, that, I think that is somewhat of an absurd exaggeration. Senator well, that Paul. is the proof that you use. Your committees use that. That's the only proof you have to tell children to take a booster is that they make antibodies. So it's right. not an there absurdity. Are, You're already no, at like good. Ten is better, right? People, you've had, you know, two or three boosters. It's like, where is the proof? Now, I think there is probably some indication for older folks that have some risk factors. For younger folks, there's not. But here's the yeah. other thing. There are some risk factors for, for the vaccine. So the risk of myocarditis with a second dose for adolescent boys 12 to 24 is about 80 in a million. This is both from the CDC and from the Israeli study. It's also in the VAERS study, remarkably similar for boys, much higher from boys than girls and much higher than the background. The background's about two per million. So there is risk and there are risks. And you're telling everybody in America just blindly go out there because we made antibodies. So it is not an absurd corollary to say if you have 10. In fact, you probably make antibodies if you get 100 boosters. All right. That's not science. That's conjecture. And we should not be making public policy on it. So, Senator Paul, if I might respond to that, uh, we just heard in his opening statement, uh, ranking member Burr talk about his staff who went to Israel. And if you look at the data from Israel, the boosts, both the third shot boost and the fourth shot boost, was associated with a clear-cut clinical effect, mostly in elderly people 
but also as they gathered more data, even in people in the 40s and the 50s. So there is clinical data. But, but not in children. Well, uh, well, see, again, here's you, the thing is, you're not willing to be honest with the American it. people. So, for example, 75% of kids have had the disease. Why is the CDC not including this in the data? You can ask right. the question. You can do laboratory tests to find out who's had it and who hasn't had the disease. What is the incidence of hospitalization and death for children who've been infected with COVID, subsequently going to the hospital or dying? What, what, are, what is the possibility if your kid has had COVID, which is 75% of the country's had COVID, what is the chance that my child's going to the hospital or dying? If you look at the number of deaths in pediatrics, Senator, you can see that there are more deaths of in people who have had it, uh, of people who have had the disease. Uh, Senator, we also know from other studies that the optimal degree of protection when you get infection is to get vaccinated after infection. And in fact, showing reinfection in the era of Omicron and the sublineages that vaccination. But you can't answer the question I asked. The question I ask is how many kids are dying and how many kids are going to the hospital who've already had COVID? The answer may be zero, but you're not even giving us the data because you have so much wanted to protect everybody from all the data because we're not smart enough to look at the data. When you release data earlier, when the CDC released the data, they left out the category of 18 to 49 on whether or not there was a health benefit for, for adults 18 to 49. Why was it left out? When critics finally complained, it was finally included because there was no health benefit from taking a booster between the 18 to 49 and the CDC study. I want to uh, talk about that 18 to 49 category because there is something that is affecting them dramatically. And none of the CDC, none of the administration and certainly not your U.S. Speaker of the House is talking about it. And we'll do that when we come right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Caught in a trap. We'll be, uh, we'll be talking about that in just a moment. I want to put in a word for Balance of Nature. Balanceofnature.com is where you can get their fruits and veggies, which I take every single day. Bill can tell you about uh, how I've been doing some personal records on some workouts because he's an athlete, too. If <laughs> I could ever be as felt as he. But I'm getting there, aren't I, Bill? I attribute a lot of it, obviously, to the working out. But, you know, pushing myself... The way I have been, it's, it's because of balance of nature. It's the only other thing I've done differently. And I love this product. It is pure, potent plant power. It's a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. Really good, potent stuff. Bananas, cherries, oranges, papayas, cayenne pepper, garlic, broccoli, spinach, apples, asparagus. It's 100% natural just that kind of stuff even the capsules balanceofnature.com i can't say enough about it check them out at balanceofnature.com and make sure to use discount code balance discount code balance all right rand paul was talking about adults young adults and the risks to them and how the cdc concealed data about covid and and uh, and boosters, immunizations, age category 18 to 45. It's an important age category. And there is something that is dramatically affecting that age category. And it's drug overdoses. Drug overdoses 
are the leading cause of death for adults aged 18 to 45. May I repeat that? Drug overdoses are the leading cause of death for adults aged 18 to 45. I want you to think about that. The largest driver of that, the largest driver of that, fentanyl. The largest driver of fentanyl in this country, and it's illegal fentanyl, coming through the border, through Mexico. Manufactured in China, brought through the border right here. Arizona, California, and Texas. This is a 77%, a nearly 80% increase of overdose deaths since Barack Obama was president. Think about that. Think about that. What is being done about it? What is being said about it? There's a handful of radio shows that are talking about it, handful of podcasts, and a few guests here and there on only one cable television show. Fox News had a story today. The streets of downtown Portland, Oregon. They resemble an open-air drug market. Heroin, meth, and fentanyl use is rampant and often totally visible, openly and notoriously, on the major city streets. Portland police officers drive by homeless addicts buying and using all day long. The signs of drug addiction are actually increasing throughout the state, according to law enforcement. Oregon ranks second highest among U.S. states for substance abuse, with nearly one in five adults addicted. I want you to think about that. Think about that. Oregon, beautiful Oregon, 20% of the adults are addicted to this stuff. In November 2020, voters overwhelmingly passed what they call Measure 110, the Drug Addiction Treatment and Recovery Act. Secured 58% of the votes. You know what it did? It decriminalized possession of drugs such as heroin, meth, cocaine, and fentanyl. That was two years ago. Made them the equivalent. It brought them down to a Class E violation, a misdemeanor, the equivalent of a traffic punishment, traffic ticket punishment. And the fine is dismissed for people who... um, the fine, which is a $100 fine, the fine is dismissed if people simply call a hotline, Lines for Life. Sixteen months into this first-in-the-nation experiment, the numbers paint the bleakest of pictures. Drug overdose deaths hit an all-time high in 2021 there, 1,069 Oregonians, a 41% increase from the year before, and no one's getting into treatment not long-term. According to the Lund Report, after one year, 1% of those who sought treatment were helped through Measure 110's processes. 1%. David Murray, he's a regular guest on this show, isn't he? We haven't talked to him in a while. I need to get him back on. Used to work in the Office of National Drug Control Policy. He was on Fox News, and he said it's predictable. It was predicted, and now, unfortunately, it's coming to pass in front of our very eyes. It's a tragedy and a self-inflicted wound. Dwight Holton, CEO of Lines for Life, tells Fox News only 116 people have called the help hotline. 116. 116. That's it. 
and they haven't been helped. What we're absolutely seeing, said District Attorney Kevin Barton of Washington County, Oregon, what we're absolutely seeing is that with the drug possession that has been decriminalized, property crimes have increased, and so has violent crime. So much for the notion of victimless crimes in these debates. So much for the notion of libertarian concerns in these debates. You engage in this stuff, you need more government services, not fewer. That's the opposite of what libertarians should be wanting. For a country that knows how to message importantly on public health concerns and do dramatic things about it, I give you the years 2020 to 2022. Why are they ignoring this one completely? Why are they ignoring this one fully and totally? This nation wants to do something about a health problem. Boy, it knows how to if it's privileged enough and can be weaponized enough against a political party. Boy, do they know how to. They'll trample right through the Constitution to do it. All I'm asking for is a dose of common sense, some people talking about it, and a few ads. That's all I want. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Thank you for spending some of your afternoon with us. Uh, This past hour, we were dealing with some hard things, but hard things have been thrown our way. We didn't ask for them. We didn't seek them out. We didn't start this quote-unquote war that the Arizona Republic says we did start. No, we're responding. We're responding. It is not a provocation when you push back against someone who has pushed you first. And boy, are they pushing. Flannery O'Connor said, Our duty is to push back as hard against the age as pushes against us. And boy, the age is pushing against us hard. Rep Butler in Gone with the Wind says, What people forget is it's just as easy to make money tearing down a society as it is building one up. Look at what the culture does to the builders. Look at what the culture says and does to the builders. Take Elon Musk. Look at what society and culture is doing to the destroyers. Look who they love. Look who they laud. Look who they like. Look at what they ignore. Look at what they censor. Yes, indeed, it's a long past time for us to push back against the age that is pushed against us. And it is a response. It is a defensive war. It is a a defensive war for our country and our civilization, quite honestly, when you look at what they are doing to upend every other part of it. It's a serious time, folks. And I'm sorry, but our leadership in this country is just not as good. It just isn't as good as the people it's supposed to be governing and protecting. November. Faster. Please. Until tomorrow. God bless you all. I'm Seth Liebson, and class is dismissed. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.